If the Greek gods do indeed exist, we humans owe each of them our infinite gratitude because every member of the Pantheon made a unique contribution to the human experience. Dionysus blessed us with debauchery, Hestia gave us a safe haven to cook our meals and bond with the people around us, Hera looks after our mothers, sisters, and wives, and Zeus's uncontrollable libido has given us a ton of entertaining stories. But there's one goddess who I'm having a bit of trouble being grateful to, and that's Demeter. Listen, I understand that she's the goddess of the harvest and agriculture and that if it weren't for her, mankind may never have learned how to farm food straight from the soil, but she's also the reason we have winter. That's right, the season that should be relegated to the month of December and December only, but here in the Midwest, last through April, is the result of this goddess's incessant helicopter parenting and unwillingness to let go he said as someone without kids and who's emotionally dependent on his dog. This probably isn't news to the majority of you though. The origin of Seasons comes from the story about Demeter's daughter Persephone being abducted by Hades, which is one of the most widely known Greek myths in modern times, and it's been referenced quite a bit in popular culture. The obscenely popular webcomic Lore Olympus is a modern reimagining of Hades and Persephone's relationship. One of my favorite video games of all time, Hades, takes place during Persephone's disappearance. The four of you who haven't heard this story might be confused, but not to worry, because today you're gonna learn everything you need to know about Demeter, including some dark details to that abduction story that are typically left out. Chapter 1. The Universal Mother so for those who are not familiar with Demeter, not only is she an Olympian goddess, she was one of the original six Olympians, the second daughter of the Titan King Cronus and his wife Rhea. When Demeter and her siblings were first born, her father was living in fear because of a prophecy that one of his children would grow more powerful than he, absolutely wreck him, then take his throne. And his genius strategy for circumventing this fate was to swallow his babies whole. That means Hestia, Demeter, Hera, Poseidon, and Hades. The only child who wasn't swallowed was Zeus, and that's only because Rhea finally got sick of feeding her husband literal baby food and swapped out Zeus for a rock. He was then secretly raised by nymphs on the island of Crete, and once he was old enough, he snuck his way back onto Olympus and gave his dear old dad a pukey potion. This caused Zeus's siblings to be born once again in reverse order. First Poseidon, then Hades, then Hera, Demeter, and Hestia. For the next decade, they waged war against the Titans, and with the help of some one-eyed friends, they ultimately secured the dub. The story goes that after the war, Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades drew lots to divvy up the domains of the sky, sea, and underworld. But curiously, we're never told how or why the goddesses took up their domains. It just sort of happens. And while the stories about Hera make you wonder why she would preside over marriage, women, and family, because her marriage is in shambles, and on at least one occasion, she inflicts absolute misery onto a vulnerable pregnant woman, Demeter's domain is very fitting. For starters, she just looks like a harvest goddess. Similar to Sif from Norse mythology, Demeter is described with long golden hair that resembles fields of grain, and there's ancient art depicting her with wheat or even corn in her hair. Going beyond her appearance, Homer's hymn to Demeter describes her as the revered goddess, lady of the golden sword and glorious fruits. While in the Orphic hymns, she's described as the universal mother, source of wealth, goddess of seed, fruit, harvest, and threshing. 
our lovely, delightful queen. But don't get it twisted. Demeter did more than just conjure up fruits and veggies for people who were hungry. She actually shared her wisdom with humankind. By giving us the power to farm for these precious resources ourselves, she earned her place as one of the most respected and sacred gods in the entire pantheon. Even the most beloved gods have their blasphemers, though, and Demeter was no exception. In Ovid's Metamorphoses, he includes a story where a king orders his men to chop down a grove that was sacred to Demeter's Roman equivalent, the goddess Ceres, who's exactly the same as Demeter in every important way. You see, King Erisich then needed some space to expand his palace, and Demeter's sacred grove was the perfect spot for a new dining hall. Only his men, having respect for the goddess and fearing the consequences, refused to chop down one particular oak that was covered in reeds, symbols of prayers Demeter had granted. So King Erisich then took up the axe and felled the tree, causing the death of a dryad nymph and dooming himself in the process. Demeter wasn't just going to sit there while this king's selfishness inflicted harm to her loyal followers in sacred lands. She decided, if this is all so we can have a fancy place to eat, I'm gonna make sure that no meal ever satisfies him. At that moment, she summoned Lemos, the spirit of unrelenting and insatiable hunger, and ordered him to take hold of King Erisichthin so that the more he ate, the more ravenous he became. It wasn't long before the king had spent his entire fortune on food desperately trying to satisfy his cravings. And after being stripped of everything he owned, he resorted to selling his own daughter into slavery and using that money to buy himself a thousand Big Macs or something like that. Lucky for his daughter, Mestra, her lover Poseidon was watching out for her and gave her the power to shapeshift so she could turn into a fly and escape her bonds. A power that unfortunately enabled her father to sell her back into slavery over and over and over again. Even the best cons stopped working eventually though, and ultimately the forever famished King Erisichthin was consumed by his hunger. Literally, the dude ate himself. Clearly, Demeter had no compassion for those who didn't respect her domain, but she had lots of passion for a particular few who did. That's right, the Universal Mother, the lovely, delightful queen of fruit, seeds, and the harvest, actually hooked up with a few mortals. But in her defense, Ayashin was really good at plowing fields. There's more than one version of her affair with the hero, but we get the most details from Hesiod's Theogony. He tells us that Demeter lured Ayashin away from the wedding of Prince Cadmus and Aphrodite's daughter Harmonia, and they banged in a nearby field. What happens next also depends on the version. Some say that Zeus spotted the mud on Demeter's back and immediately deduced that she just let the hero plant his seed and out of jealousy, he blasted Ayashin with a lightning bolt and killed him. But Hesiod took it another direction. He claimed that Ayashin lived to old age as Demeter's husband, and together they had a son named Plutus, the god of wealth. Plutus is a very interesting deity, and if you want to learn more about him, I'd suggest you check out my episode on him and the goddess of poverty, Penea because the play that I cover in that one is hilarious and full of farts. As for this episode, we're just getting farted. As for this episode, we're just getting started. It's time we dive into the infamous abduction of Persephone and the lesser known side quest Demeter went on while searching for her. 
one of which led to the birth of her brother. But first, a word from our sponsor, Squarespace. If you're launching a new business, starting a new hobby, or want a dedicated space to share your passion with the world, Squarespace has you covered. When it comes to do-it-yourself web design, Squarespace is way ahead of the competition. They make the process so easy and approachable from step one with their huge library of award-winning templates, intuitive design tools, and the fact that you don't ever have to download any software or patches. Whether your goal is to sell your own merchandise, start a newsletter to keep your community informed, or treat your customers to a VIP experience with exclusive gated content, Squarespace can make it happen. And because they know how important a website is for the success of any business, they have an award-winning customer support team available 24-7 if you run into any problems. So if you want to join me and the thousands in our community who view Squarespace to make their dreams a reality, go to squarespace.com slash johnsolo to try them out completely free. And when your site is ready for launch, use code johnsolo to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Chapter 2. The Abduction of Persephone Alright, I recommend you get comfortable for this section because we're going to be here for a while. Maybe get yourself a snack, popcorn, some grapes, anything but pomegranate seeds. That'd be in poor taste. For those who want to read the story themselves, you can find the most detailed version in the Homeric Hymn to Demeter, but there are some bits and pieces we can source from other poets like Ovid and Hyginus, so I'm going to weave those into my retelling where I can. The story opens with Persephone gathering flowers in a field. Some variants claim she was painting them, choosing the colors they'd sport for the rest of all time and she was joined by her friends, the Oceanids and the goddess Artemis. Persephone had wandered away from her group, painting and plucking without a worry in the world, when the earth began to quake. Suddenly, the ground split open, and in an instant, she was gone, abducted by Hades, the lord of the underworld, who had taken a liking to his niece and wanted to make her his queen. Persephone's cries for help were only heard by a select few, including her mother Demeter, who immediately confronted the Oceanids that were supposed to be watching over Persephone. After finding out they let her wander off by herself, she transformed the nymphs into bird-like monsters, then immediately began searching for Persephone on her own. Demeter had been looking high and low for days before finally stopping to rest in the region of Attica. It was here that she knocked on the door of a hut that belonged to an old woman and asked for a refreshment. Diet cream soda Shasta would have been ideal, but she ended up settling for some sweet drink with barley. Even when she expressed appreciation though, the old woman's son, or grandson, had the audacity to call the goddess greedy and for this offense, she threw the drink in the boy's face and transfigured him into a newt. Well, she turned me into a newt. A newt. I got better. Except he didn't get better. To the disappointment of the old lady, he stayed in his lizard form, and when she reached out to touch him, he scurried off to hide in a hole. As far as Demeter was concerned, though, apropos punishment had been dealt, so she thanked the woman for her drink and left her to soak in a puddle of her own tears. Now, another rarely spoken about but truly disturbing event that takes place during Demeter's search is an encounter with her brother Poseidon. When he spotted Demeter wandering alone in her vulnerable state, he tried making a pass at her, and when she turned into a a horse to escape him, he transformed into a stallion and impregnated her with who would become the god of horses, Arian. So at this point, I think it's safe to say that Demeter's hit rock bottom, even more than when she was trapped in her own father's stomach. 
and more gods are starting to take notice of her plight. According to Homer, Demeter was nine days into her search when the goddess of witchcraft, Hecate, confessed that she also heard Persephone's cries for help, but didn't see her abductor. This sparked an idea though. Why not ask the guy who can see literally everything that men and gods do if he knows who's responsible? Together, the goddesses approached Helios, the divine personification of the sun, and he took such pity on Demeter that he had to tell her about the shenanigans he witnessed. As it turns out, Persephone's father, Zeus, had actually given Hades permission to marry her with the caveat that it would have to stay secret because Demeter would never go for it. And the king of the cosmos even went so far as to plant the flowers that would act as the bait to get Persephone alone. Helios did bring up the silver lining that Hades is actually a good dude who holds a lot of power and respect in both the mortal and divine realms, but Demeter wasn't having any of it. She had been betrayed by all three of her brothers in the span of a few days, and in the words of Homer, grief yet more terrible and savage came into the heart of Demeter. As you can imagine, a goddess as old and powerful as Demeter has a wrath like no other, and everyone felt the brunt of it. As a nature goddess who presided over agriculture and farming, she made the earth so cold it was nearly inhospitable. Plants were dying left and right, and not a single seed would sprout, which led to a shortage of both crops and hunting game. Mankind was miserable and most didn't have the resources to survive. Worse still, barely having enough to eat themselves meant that their sacrifices to the gods were getting smaller and smaller, and this is not something that Zeus would allow to go on for long. Zeus was determined to put an end to the madness. The only issue was he couldn't find Demeter. None of the gods could. This was deliberate on her part. She'd taken to wearing all black, raggedy clothes and disguising herself as an old woman in order to lay low. Otherwise, she'd just be bombarded by gods trying to persuade her to let Persephone's disappearance slide. As we learned in the messed up tale of Hephaestus's revenge, when the Olympians are collectively focused on accomplishing one goal, they are relentless in pursuing it. And that's exactly what Demeter was trying to avoid during her time of grief. But according to Pausanias, the nature god Pan recognized the disguised Demeter while she was in Arcadia and ratted her out to Zeus, who initially tried summoning his sister to Mount Olympus for a meeting, but was promptly shut down. At this point, I think Zeus realized that simply convincing Demeter to drop the issue wasn't going to happen, so he sent out a new batch of messengers. The Fates, who were also Zeus's daughters, were given the mission of calming Demeter down, which I'm surprised to say actually worked. We sadly aren't given the details about what was said, but I have a feeling they told her that her daughter was coming home soon, because the other messenger Zeus sent out was Hermes, who told Hades, dude. Folks on the surface are dying by the dozens because of Demeter's reaction to what you did. So unless you want to spend the next millennia being so busy with work that you can't see your wife anyway, you should just let her go. It probably won't surprise you to hear that Hades was not happy with this arrangement, but he wasn't left with much of a choice. He told Persephone that if she wants to go, she can, but if she were to take her place as the queen of the underworld, she'd have more power, respect, and offerings from mortals trying to curry her favor. Even still, she missed her mama, so Hades told her to go in peace. After convincing her to have some pomegranate seeds as a snack before she hit the road, Persephone was promptly picked up in a golden chariot driven by Hermes, who dropped her off at her mother's temple at Eleusis. Here, Demeter laid eyes on Persephone for the first time in too long, and the warmth that she felt in her heart was enough to make the frozen landscape that was Greece return to its former glory. As the goddesses embraced each other, laughing, crying, and desperately trying to catch up on everything they'd missed while separated, Demeter suddenly went cold. 
again. With bated breath, she asked Persephone, My child, tell me, surely you have not tasted any food while you were below? Speak out and hide nothing, but let us both know. For if you have not, you shall come back from loathly Hades and live with me and your father, the dark-clouded son of Cronus, and be honored by all the deathless gods. But if you have tasted food, you must go back again beneath the secret places of the earth, there to dwell a third part of the seasons every year. Yet for the two parts, you shall be with me and the other deathless gods. But when the earth shall bloom with the fragrant flowers of spring in every kind, then from the realm of darkness and gloom, thou shalt come up once more to be a wonder for gods and mortal men. And now tell me how he wrapped you away to the realm of darkness and gloom, and by what trick did the strong host of many beguile you? Persephone revealed to her mother that she had indeed ingested some pomegranate seeds, meaning that she had just signed a contract more ironclad than Taylor Swift and Kesha's combined. At this point, there was nothing more that Demeter could do. There are rules to the universe that even the gods can't change. And so when you see those first snowflakes of the winter season fall later this year, you'll know that Persephone has officially returned to her throne beside Hades. Now, if I may be so bold, it's time to get your ass out of the throne, my queen. As of late April, we're still dealing with your mom's dandruff or frozen tears, whatever the Greek poets called snow. Honestly, I don't see why Demeter is still so hung up on this thing. In the beginning, it made sense when she didn't know where her daughter was, but as you're about to see next section, they both came out ahead in the end. Chapter 3, The Cults of Demeter you see, before mankind was forced to endure that harsh and cruel winter season, they had been taking farming for granted because the conditions for planting, growing, and harvesting were always optimal. But now they knew how bad things could get, and so they developed a ton of gratitude for Demeter, resulting in the sacrifices she received increasing exponentially and countrywide celebrations taking place in her name. Curiously though, despite her being such a popular goddess that literally everyone made sacrifices to because everyone had to eat, her two most popular cults were also highly exclusive, with little being known about the rituals either of them performed. The slightly more public celebration was called Thesmophoria. It was a three-day festival that took place just after seeds were sown in late autumn. Only women were allowed to participate, and the goal was to pay tribute to Demeter, Persephone, and a lesser-known underworld god called Eubulius in the hopes that they would grant divine protection of their crops and their fertility. Rituals included sacrificing piglets, fasting, praying, and my personal favorite, ritual obscenity, which is a fancy way of saying they told dirty jokes. So that's that's Thesmophoria, but there was another, even more sacred and secret celebration that honored Demeter and Persephone in the city of Eleusis. The rituals performed during this ceremony were known as the Eleusinian Mysteries, and we know basically nothing about them hence the mystery. Now, for real though, the word mystery comes from the ancient Greek phrase meaning secret rite, and you might be thinking, how secret can it really be if we know about it? But the fact that they existed is basically all we know for sure. The main theme of the mysteries appears to have been death and rebirth as it relates to Persephone returning to the surface after her time in the underworld. And modern scholars theorize the purpose of initiation was, quote, to elevate man above the human sphere into the divine and to assure his redemption by making him a god and so conferring immortality upon him. Sounds like a bold goal, right? Like you would need a seriously powerful tool to achieve that, which is why my favorite theory is that the Eleusinian Mysteries utilize psychedelics in their kookion, 
a sacred drink with psychoactive effects. Candidates for the psychedelics include poppies, ergot, and a variety of mushrooms from the Psilocybe genus, or more specifically, the Amanita muscaria. It was these psychedelics that allowed initiates to experience death without dying, and in effect, become immortal. For those who want to learn everything about this theory, I recommend you read The Immortality Key by Brian Murarescu. It was just published in the last few years and is by far the most comprehensive deep dive into this school of thought. There's a ton of great information in there, but one of my personal favorite takeaways from reading it was the myth of Triptolemus, demigod, prince, and a priest of Demeter's who rode a serpent-drawn chariot throughout Europe and Asia to spread her good word. Most of the time when you hear about this myth, it's framed like Triptolemus was sharing his knowledge of agriculture and farming techniques. But considering that there's DNA and material evidence that farming had already spread across Europe thousands of years before Demeter's temple at Eleusis was erected, you can't help but wonder what he was really doing and why this drinking cup from 5th century BCE depicts Demeter pouring some kind of potion for Triptolemus before he starts his journey. Could she have been supplying him with the kukion that he'd share with the rest of mankind? As of right now, it's impossible possible for anyone to say for certain, but if there is truth to this theory, and rigorous testing has found traces of ergot in the vessels used during the Eleusinian rites, it shows us how truly generous Demeter was. Not only did she grant us the power to sustain ourselves by making literal food grow straight out of the fucking ground, but she also propagated a substance that, when properly synthesized, grants us godhood, allowing us to die before we die so we don't die when we die. I'll be honest with you guys, I didn't have a ton of appreciation for Demeter before this episode, but she might have just edged her way into my top 10 favorites. I would say top 5, but it's her fault that we had snow in April, so top 10 it is. But what about you? Did you learn anything new from today's deep dive? And how did that change your view of the goddess? Let me know by hitting us up on social media. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or even TikTok. Links to all of those are in the description. And those who want more messed up mythology and folklore content should definitely follow us on at least one of those because I post short form content every single weekday. I'll speak with you again next week when I dive into the very messed up origins of chiropractors on TikTok. Until then, my name is John Solo, and don't forget, John shot first.